Then the Lord said, See, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate. And the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Please pray with me. Dear God, we ask you this morning, as we do each week, to be here with us. And we trust that you are here. May my words be your words. And all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I wonder how many of you presented with the set of readings we have this morning thought to yourself, I know exactly what he's going to preach on. It's that Amos reading, right? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't avoid it. It wouldn't leave me alone this week. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about. I remember when I was in college— at the University of Arizona, I was in a club called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Despite the word varsity in there, it had nothing to do with sports. We were a largely unathletic bunch. Um, but we met weekly for worship. We had a speaker. We would meet in small groups and did all sorts of fellowshipping together. This is where Aya and I met. And on a couple of successive spring breaks... Uh, while I was there, we went on trips to Tijuana one year and Tecate another year in Mexico to build houses for people who were living on the streets in those towns. And one year, I think it was the year we went to Tijuana, the trip came just a couple of weeks after I had had some pretty serious surgery, but I decided to go on the trip anyway, you know, and just to quote, take it easy. Um, didn't quite work out that way. Apparently, there's no way to take it easy while you're building a house. Um, after only a little while, maybe an hour or two, trying to work in the hot Mexican sun, it became obvious to the group that I was going to be basically useless. Now, this was in one way a good trick, a good fake-out by me, because I was able to trick them into thinking that, it, that I was useless because I had just had surgery. Um, not the truth, which is that when it comes to handy things, much less building a house, I'm completely useless no matter what state I'm in. But there I was in Mexico with the group, and they had to find something for me to do, something extremely low impact. And what they found was the plumb line. Now, a plumb line, at least as it existed in 1999, was basically just a piece of long string with a weight on it, used to determine if a wall or some other vertical surface was perfectly straight. Now, in addition to the plumb line, I was also assigned the chalk line, which is a little box full of chalk and a wrapped up string, and sort of like a tape measure, you pull the string out of the box along a horizontal surface, and it comes out covered in the chalk. When you have it as long as you want, you pluck it like a guitar string, and it sort of shoots the chalk off onto the surface, making a perfectly straight line. So between these two things, the plumb line for the vertical and the chalk line for the horizontal, we were able to make sure that the house we were building was perfectly square. So that the floor was flat, the walls would stand straight, 
the roof would sit properly, and the whole house would stay standing. Straight lines are incredibly important for a sturdy house. And I bet that plumb line technology, though I'm sure they just use lasers today, I bet that plumb line technology was pretty similar in Tijuana in 1999 to what it was in the time of the prophet Amos. A string and a weight. It's pretty old school. We're talking 750 BC old school. But Amos's plumb line, if you look at our reading, is being used in a very different way than I was using mine. In Tijuana, I was making straight lines so that we would know how to build a straight house. Amos has a different vision. He sees God coming with a plumb line to see how straight your house is. It's different, right? Just imagine it if I'd been sitting quietly on the sidelines while the rest of the group slaved over the house, and then I came in at the end with my plumb line to check and see how things had gone, what would have happened? We would have discovered all the mistakes we'd made along the way, how not straight the house we had built was, and we would have had to tear the whole thing down. And that's exactly what Amos is prophesying here. In about 750 BC, during the reign of King Jeroboam, Amos arrives on the scene and he sees that the nation of Israel has been building a house and that it's not straight. Their national life isn't up to God's standard. This, for the record, is basically what every Old Testament prophet comes to tell the nation of Israel. Hey guys, God has called you to be his people. He has chosen you and asked you to set yourself apart from everyone else. He's given you his commandments to live by. He's given you a straight line, but you're not following them. This is the refrain of prophet after prophet after prophet. He's given you a straight line, and you're not doing it. See, Israel is doing all the immoral and idolatrous things that the godless nations around them are doing. And Amos says that they're going to pay the price. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate. The sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Everything's going to have to be torn down. And of course, that's exactly what eventually happens. God comes in with his plumb line, finds that the nation of Israel is totally out of whack, and makes them desolate. He lays waste to them, sending them into captivity, first by the Assyrians and then by the Babylonians. When God comes in with his plumb line, destruction is what follows. See, the problem with a plumb line 
is that it's perfectly straight. It makes no allowances or exceptions. There's actually, and those of you who are in home construction will know this, there's no such thing as straight enough. A line is either straight or it's not. A house is either square or it's not. A mostly straight line will lead to a collapsed house. So God, coming in with his plumb line, is unambiguously bad news. And Amos knows this. Amos, interestingly, is the first prophet to use the phrase, the day of the Lord. You've heard this phrase. It's all over the Bible. Amos is the first prophet to use it. And for Amos, the day of the Lord is a day of doom. God's arrival for Amos is bad news. Listen to what Amos says in chapter 5. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. I love that image. He goes on, or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it? Why is the day of the Lord such bad news? Because God comes with a plumb line and your house isn't straight. I know I've talked about the Angels' 1963 classic, My Boyfriend's Back, before. You know it. Hey la, hey la, my boyfriend's back. It's about a girl whose boyfriend is out of town, and she's being bothered by a guy. And when she won't go out with the guy, he starts spreading lies. This is, of course, about the worst thing you could do in a song in 1963, spread lies. But now, that guy better watch out because her boyfriend's back. Now, this is what Amos means by the day of the Lord. Hey, la, hey, la, the Lord is back. And he's coming back carrying a plumb line to see how straight you are. And guess who is not straight enough? Us, you and me. Two weeks ago, we read from Psalm 130, and I couldn't help but remember it in light of God's plumb line. This is Psalm 130 in verse 2, which says, If you, Lord, were to note what is done amiss, O Lord, who could stand? And the Psalms are full of this sort of sentiment. Psalm 76, verse 7. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you once your anger is roused? Psalm 147, verse 17. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? In other words, if you, God, come wielding your plumb line, who can survive? 
And it's not just the Psalms, of course. This is the message of the whole of Scripture when it comes to a sinful humanity meeting the arrival of a righteous God. A crooked humanity, if you will, meeting a God who comes wielding a plumb line. Soon after creation, the Lord looks at the world, sees how out of line it is, and decides to completely destroy it with a flood and start over from scratch. After the Exodus, when Moses asks to see God's glory, God tells him that no human being can look at him and live. Later, because of their unrighteousness, the Lord destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Even later, when Peter meets Jesus, he can sense God's holiness in him and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. When Isaiah has a vision of the throne room of God and sees God's awesomeness and holiness, he assumes he's going to die. And it goes on and on and on. All throughout Scripture, people who come into contact with Almighty God either die on the spot or think they're going to. And it's all because Almighty God comes armed with a plumb line. And our house is crooked. When John the Baptist, the last in the line of Amos-like prophets, prophesies God's arrival, the coming of Jesus Christ, he sees him coming with a plumb line too. You brood of vipers, he says in Luke chapter 3. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Even now, he says, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He's saying the exact same thing that Amos said all those years ago. Watch out. God is coming. He's coming with his plumb line. And he's coming to judge. John was the last prophet who would point forward to Jesus. After John, we all point back. Because after John, Jesus actually came. God incarnate actually came. And here's the good news. He didn't come brandishing a plumb line. He came carrying a cross. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That's Luke chapter 2. The announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ, the coming of God into the world. Fear not, says the angel. A Savior 
is born. This is a surprise to the shepherds. Notice the first thing that the angel has to say to them is, fear not. They see the glory of Almighty God coming into the world, and like so many of us, they assume that God will be coming like a building inspector with a plumb line. But fear not, says the angel. That's not true. Not today. Today, I have good news of great joy for all the people. Today, Jesus has arrived, your Savior. So at the hour of Jesus' birth, he is announced by the heavenly host as the Savior of the world. And at the hour of his death, that saving is actually accomplished. As Jesus breathes some of his final breaths, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the answer is a deafening silence. God, the bearer of the plumb line, turned his back on his son. All our jagged edges, all our warped lines, all our crookedness had in that moment been laid on Jesus. He was made desolate. He was laid waste. All for you. All for me. God's plumb line, which would have destroyed us, destroyed him instead. Jesus, the sinless one, gave us his sinlessness and took our sin onto his shoulders. And he didn't stay destroyed, of course. In fact, he destroyed destruction itself by rising on the third day. And so now, when God comes with his plumb line to take the measure of our lives, your life and mine, by a miracle, on account of Christ, we actually measure up. Our lives, yours and mine, look like the straight perfection of Jesus Christ because he has given his straight perfection to us. In that moment, that moment of moments, when he was abandoned, we were made straight. God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He was made crooked so we could be made straight. God has a plumb line, but on account of Christ, he has put it away. From his first hour to his last hour, today and forever, Jesus is your Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen.